Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first episode for the 2023 season of the Ninth State Sports Show Field Hockey Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me once again this year is Sauhegan Field Hockey Coach and AD Kelly Braley. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm great, Joe. Thanks. I'm excited to get this season going. I know. It's uh, it's hard to believe. I, I feel like everyone I've talked to uh, over the last like 10 days, two weeks, whatever, uh, has commented on how fast this summer felt like it went. And honestly, I'd say in some cases it really didn't even feel like summer with all the weather, the, the crazy weather we had. Yeah, July definitely. July definitely was a bit of a drag. And then once August hits, I mean, once August hits, my brain flips and we're, we're thinking about the field and the season and all that. So the summer went by fast. I, I'm glad to hear it isn't just me. I thought it was just because I was getting older. I, well, that's, I mean, um, I, I, yeah, maybe I wasn't going to bring that up, but yeah, I think that's because we're, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, don't forget you can send any questions and feedback uh, you have for the show by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at, at NHHSports. Or, you know, it's not Twitter anymore. It's now X, right? Is that what that, is they're calling no, that thing now? I can't. I woke up oh. one day and the, and the picture was different. I, yeah, I have no idea what's yeah. happening. <laughs> We're going to still call it Twitter because that's, that's just fine. what we like, yeah. Uh, the Field Hockey Show will be posted every Monday at nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, with a couple exceptions uh, this year, of course, we've got uh, Labor Day coming up in a few weeks. We'll probably shuffle the schedule for that. And then uh, I have a feeling we'll probably end up doing the same thing come playoffs with uh, with the championship games being on Sunday, of course. Um, would be a tough task to go watch three championship games and then turn around and do a podcast right after that. But... Uh, every Monday on nh-highschoolsports.com or uh, on Spotify and Odyssey. You can catch them on there. Uh, the fun thing about those two is you can go back and listen to past shows as well. Um, I mean, if you're really bored, I guess I, I would recommend doing that. But otherwise, it's uh, it can be a little scary. Yeah, it's preserved for all time. I didn't I didn't know that was part of the deal. I didn't realize that either But um, until after I did it. But um, it's, it's a valuable uh, resource, I think. Uh, and before we get started, I uh, would also like to say that uh, we are looking for sponsors for the podcast for the fall. Uh, although we love what we do at nh-highschoolsports.com, uh, we can't pay the bills with pats on the backs and attaboys. So if you're a fan of the show and know someone who would like to promote their business on the podcast, maybe even your own business, uh, please get in touch by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. All right, uh, so uh, we've got some field hockey to talk about because that's, uh, like we said, we're getting into, I guess, the, the, the is, is it crunch time in the preseason or, or just getting down to the last kind of finishing touches with this week and then uh, some games actually starting for real on Friday? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, most teams have, most teams have chosen their rosters and, and now we're, we're looking at game prep. It, it's uh i don't know how uh i mean i know not everyone plays on friday um but to, to turn it around in uh and i know I, I believe soccer does this too right they also start friday uh yes to turn it around you know from first day of practice to first game in less than two weeks i mean that's crazy i mean it's, it's what 12 days i think right yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's fast and it's fast and furious for sure. I didn't really, you know, last year, um, being kind of the first year in the post-COVID era of that of that being a thing, it didn't really click with me. And so I was like, oh wow, like we're we're playing a we're playing a game. Like you choose your team, and then you're like, hey, you're playing a game in eight days. <laughs> That's uh, that is not a lot of not a lot of time to to turn around. So I'm. Um, expecting teams that are returning you know uh, a bunch of varsity players to be to be in, in a better in a better situation than those who have lost a bunch right uh so yeah today we'll uh we're gonna do a few things first but eventually what our plan is for today is to give a little preview for division one and division two uh most of i think division three doesn't start until next monday so we'll hold off on our division three preview until then uh, but also want to mention a few things that are coming up this week. We'll have uh, full written previews on the site later this week as well. So you can, you know, um, read up a little bit more about some of these teams. Um, we're also bringing back the coaches poll. Um, gotten a pretty good response from that. So I think we're going to have quite a few coaches uh, voting in it from week to week, uh, which is exciting because then I feel like we get a better 
a better picture of of what's um, you know what's going on and what people are thinking uh, across the state. Uh, I think the the first one of those will, will be on the site uh, before the games start on Friday, and then of course uh, for the second year I'll be doing the uh, the preseason watch list. Um, you know, taking names uh, from coaches and and from, you know based off things I've seen and and read about players and um, put together what I think is a list of players who are, have the potential to be all state caliber uh, this year. Of course, that means you know. Some people on that list may not end up getting there. Some people that aren't on the list may end up getting there. So um, just a fun thing to, to put together and try to recognize some, some kids before we uh, we get the season started. Awesome. Uh, one other thing I also wanted to uh, to mention um, or bring up before we get into it is, uh, you know, every year what the NF- NFHS um, meets and, and with their uh, different sports and – uh, determines whether there should be any rule changes for the upcoming season, right? Um, not really any crazy ones this year, but but there were at least a couple that I think were worth uh, worth mentioning. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, the number one thing I think that we kind of got the most questions about right away in our coaches' meeting is the the jewelry rule change, um, <laughs> which now there you know there really isn't one. Um, they're not. They're not saying jewelry can't be worn anymore, nor are they um, limiting what jewelry can be worn. Um, so that's prompted a conversation within the division, obviously coach-wise, you know, coaches-wise, and then we'll visit it too as you know the NHIA field hockey committee meets in the middle of the month to just kind of clean up the language. But um, I would expect that the policies and procedures from the NHIA will change in accordance with NFHS rules. So that even so that right because the NHIA can kind of go by its its own things right like these are kind of like guidelines if they decide you know well, we don't want kids to be wearing jewelry is that something that can still happen or is that yeah I I think you know with in conjunction with the sports medicine committee and then and then each individual sports committee the NHIA could certainly choose to be more restrictive um, on on NFHS policies, which, you know, just in the same way that schools can choose to be more restrictive um, than the NHIA policies, you know, I think it kind of sets the the floor for things. Um, but I do think that the NHIA kind of across the board really tries to to use the NFHS as their guiding document and and sticks with that that language as much as possible. Right. Uh, and then the, the other rule that, that uh, you kind of uh, mentioned as being a, uh, a big one, big change for this year is that uh, the captains are now allowed to call timeouts on the field as long as the captain is physically in the game and on the field. Yeah, yeah, you're playing captain. A playing captain can can now call a timeout. So coaches and, and captains need to really be on the same page, especially where we only get one timeout a game. You know, if, you're, if your captain calls it, and it's not what you were thinking, you know, that can have some serious implications in your, your game plan and, and pace of play and, and getting those pieces back. So interesting. I'll be curious to see how it plays out. I mean, with the quarters, I haven't experienced too many coaches calling timeouts, you know, 15 minutes isn't a super long time to be able to talk to your team, but in certain instances, you know, they definitely come in handy. Now, um, how, how, when it can you call the timeout? Like, is it a kind of thing? Like if you're, you know, if you just have possession of the ball and play is the ball is live, um, can you call a timeout then, or does it have to be like, you know, whistle's been blown, plays stopped, that kind of thing, where you can call or like you know before a corner or or a stroke or something like that? Yeah, if you have possession, um, you can call you can call the timeout. Um, you can call it before a corner as long as it's an offensive corner, not a defensive corner, because you don't have possession there, um, and. I would assume you can call it before a stroke, though. That would be an interesting. That would be an interesting play. <laughs> um, maybe like you're icing the, the goalie the same way you ice a kicker. I don't. Maybe. I don't really know well, what the advantage is there. But I guess if you really, you really can't decide who's going to take it. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, so that's that's an interesting. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be a fun problem to have? You can't decide who's going <laughs> to take your stroke. So. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, so those are those are kind of again not earth shattering changes here. Um, I think the only one other one that kind of um, you know raised my eyebrow a little bit. You know, there, there's there's 
these come up in every sport too. I've you know been looking over football and lacrosse as well at, at certain times and been like, huh, I didn't think that was a thing that needed to be, uh, you know, uh, there need to be a rule about this. But one of the ones that's in here for this year says defines the size requirements for goalkeeper uniform numbers uh, and also updates terminology regarding goalkeeper shoes. Um, you know, I hadn't really given much thought to goalkeeper shoes uh, before, so yeah, uh, someone is, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, one other interesting goalkeeper piece, though, which I don't know if it was a change. I can't remember if it was a change this year or last year, um, but uh, player equipment on field used to be a card to the coach. Um, it's now a card to the player, which also includes oh. the goalies. Okay. So if your goalie is not properly equipped um, and the, the umpire takes note of it that goalkeeper is coming off your field so um you know an especially important rule where you know especially with teams that don't have depth at that at that goalie position um if your goalkeeper's got to come off the field you have to dress someone else in that so it's not the kind of thing where it's like okay someone just goes and serves the card right yeah no it's it's got to be that player that was out of compliance comes off the field all right well that's a, that that could make for interesting um but how it could I mean, get spicy. Honestly, yeah, I was going to say, how often does that happen, though? It's, well, with a throat protector, I think it's probably the biggest piece of equipment goalies leave behind. I'd say throat protectors and mouth guards. Hmm. Um, but those are not optional pieces of equipment goalies, so make sure you have those on so you're not costing your team, you know, <laughs> playing without you. Um, well, so uh, I, I guess maybe, I'm sure none of these rules applied uh, yesterday when or on Saturday uh, for your jamboree. Um, of course, you you, you guys uh, at Sauhegan hosted one of a handful of, of preseason jamborees, kind of taking over the, the torch for the uh, playing for a purpose uh, jamboree. Just, um, you know, how did that go? How many teams did you have there yesterday? We had, we had 17 teams yesterday. It was an amazing day. And so that's, and that you're obviously using what, two fields, three fields? Three fields. We use our two front fields and our turf. I mean, we're, we're so lucky to have the facilities that we do. So it's awesome to be able to make use of it. How do you feel like it, it went overall? Was it, um, obviously you're doing the fundraiser to, to try to fight, you know, different types of cancers, different teams are playing for, you know, yeah. in honor of, of, of a, a you know, certain type of cancer that maybe they had, you know, I know, I know I saw a lot of, um, you know, Nashua South, um, you know, remembering a former player, um, that, that was, that, that, um, lost her battle to cancer recently. Um, just a lot of that kind of, uh, um, stuff yesterday. Yeah, it was, uh, it was such an amazing day and it was, I mean, it was honestly a huge honor to be able to, to be the, the school and the program that kind of took that piece over after three years without it. Um, Kelly and Jenna Friedas, who were both players at Memorial High School, um, started this jamboree when they were seniors in 2011 um, uh, for their mother, who is a four-time cancer survivor. Wow. Um, and, it, you know, leading up to this, it, it was always my team's favorite day of the preseason. Um, teams would go, they would be assigned a particular cancer to represent, their uniforms that day would be, you know, made of the, of the awareness color for that particular cancer. We made informational posters to help spread awareness. And then it was just such a, a great team building day, tons of activities and, and awesome to see, you know, all these, all these players out there, um, fighting for the same cause, um, even though they're on opposite sides of the ball. So once, uh, once COVID hit and then the start date change for the, for the season for the NHIA forced, you know, the rule to come into effect of, you know, once you play your first game, you can no longer play in the Jamboree. The Memorial Jamboree was always that second Saturday of preseason. Right, yeah. um, so a lot of teams weren't able to, to do that anymore. So that coupled with COVID kind of put it on hiatus for a while. Um, so the coaches association got together. That's kind of how the East West game was born. Um, you know, the twin state game against Vermont, all the top seniors after tryout go, um, we started the East West game, um, the year that there was no twin state game due to COVID and used that as a fundraiser for at the time it was Norris cotton cancer center. Uh -huh. Um, and then later on, uh, darkness now has, has taken that over. So, um, everything yesterday went to, 
um, the friends for Dartmouth Cancer Center. Um, and it was so wonderful to have Kelly and Jenna Friedis and their mom, Christine, there, um, who was really the spearhead of sponsorships and raffles and, and all of that stuff. So, um, you know, that's a family I've known for a long time and have had the honor of, of working closely with and and coaching with, and they're just great people. So to fold that into our already existing jamboree was kind of a no-brainer, and I think the day went, went so unbelievably well. Um, my favorite part was gathering all 17 teams and all of the umpires on the turf at noon, um, and it really was just like an awe-inspiring moment to remember, like, one, how many people come to this, you know, event every year. And then two, like a really good reminder of how many people are, are affected by cancer and how unfortunately it's something that, you know, really links all of us at this point. Um, so it was, it was an honor and a privilege to be able to be the host of that event. And I am so ho hopeful that it will continue every year. And I'm really hoping that the other jamborees that happened that weekend, like I know Plymouth hosted, their jamboree on Friday got absolutely drenched <laughs> in the weather as, as most teams did last week. Um, but it would be cool if each of those jamborees could kind of fold that piece in. So maybe this is like my unofficial challenge to anybody who's hosting some preseason stuff to, to think about, you know, uh, helping to support that cause. And if we could get all field hockey teams in the state on the same you know, weekend talking about the same thing, it would be just incredible. Yeah, I think that would be really neat to have something coordinated like that, you know, across the state um, and have everybody kind of doing the same thing on the same day or, or at the very least the same weekend. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of stuff like that that happens um, across the state, I feel like. No, no. I, I, you know, I know I've said it before. We can go now check the archives of the podcast that I know exists. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, the field hockey community in New Hampshire is a, is a really special it's a really special thing to be a part of. Um, and it was really great for all, all of the teams that were there yesterday to be, to be friends for the day, you know, and, and lay aside the competition piece of things for, you know, the 20 minute dance party that we had and, and <laughs> all of that. But yeah, really great day. The weather was beautiful. Um, and I can't thank the umpires that were there enough as well. I know they do some reading on that day too. So um, you know, we had three rating umpires there and it was, it was just so great to have everybody. All right. Well, uh, let's move into, uh, looking at, at, ahead at this season, um, with our previews. Uh, we'll start with, uh, division one, I think make, you know, go, go in order one, one and two, um, kind of start with division one. I think maybe we'll, you know, look at who, uh, you know, the top teams were a year ago, obviously Exeter winning its, its, uh, second championship in a row. Uh, beating rival Winnicott in the final, you know, in a, in a final that um, I, I think going into the year, uh, Winnicott's one of those programs that you always know is going to be in the mix and competitive. But last year, maybe we didn't know how, like where they would end up. And then they ended up as the number one seed going into the tournament and reaching the finals. That was a really fun kind of, you know, storyline to follow throughout the year. Uh, and then having a championship game with two rivals like that is always, uh, I think, adds a little bit extra to that kind of playoff championship atmosphere, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And if I remember correctly, I feel like there was there were times, you know, in the middle of the season last year where you know we were pontificating, and and it was when it kind of was always kind of the wild card, right? You didn't yeah. really know where they were gonna where they were gonna fall. It seemed like they had. Um, a run of games where it was like, yep, they clearly dominated. And then like a random one where it was like, wow, that score is closer than it should have been imagined, kind of situation. Yeah. yeah um, I, but I think they, they had one loss in the regular season last year. And I think it was earlier in the year. Um, so they were kind of, you know, bumped down the standings a little bit and then they just kind of kept winning and kept rising and rising throughout the season. Yeah. It's a, it's a good reminder though. You definitely do not have to go undefeated to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, so. it was, yeah. it was especially in the middle of the season for, for D1. It was any, anybody's game any day. Um, a lot of times it felt like. So I think the big thing for, for both of those programs, you know, the, obviously, you know, Exeter with its success the last couple of years and Winnicott it, you know, over, over the years as well. Uh, but the big thing I think for both is that they both graduated a, a lot of the key players that, that, got them you know to that point a year ago you know when you look at Exeter that the big name 
um, that's gone is is um, Addison McNeil. Um, I think she was what two time player of the year in Division One. Uh, graduated. You know they also they they also lost their goalie uh, Peyton King, uh, and really I, I, like a, I'd say half their roster last year was made up varsity roster made up of seniors. So a lot of yeah. holes to fill. But it sounds like they've got some some kids who uh, are going to step right in. Uh, you know, starting with uh, with the captains, seniors, uh, Izzy Steiner and Garen Steiner. Yeah, with with Coach Grot only having, I think it's five returning starters. Um, you know, that's that's half your field you've got to fill. Yeah. Um, and and Peyton, you know, in goal, you know, losing your losing your starting goalie who was so incredibly strong. I mean, I had I had both her and Addison. Um, on the twin state team this June um, and just like such fun dynamic players to watch. So yeah, I think, you know, not only are you losing that on the field, but you're, you're definitely losing that um, personality, I think too, a little bit. So um, I think that the, the returners and the three captains that she has are, are really going to have to step up to lead this team back to the success that they're used to. And then uh, in goal, uh, Marley Masick stepping in, uh, a junior who uh, who was on the varsity roster a year ago. But I, I mean, she probably got a, a, some action, you know, just in, in games that maybe they got out to bigger leads or, or maybe was able to get a few starts in there. But um, but big shoes to fill for sure. Um, yeah, a hungry goalie in that though is, is a fun thing to watch too. Like you know, for for Marley to have the chance to go out there and prove herself now, I think she's going to do really well. You know, and then you look at uh, you look at Winnicott, um, You know they didn't lose a ton of seniors. Um, only only four or five, it looks like. But I mean, they were you know very key pieces. Um, you know, leading the way with uh, there is uh, Abby Wilbur. I mean, I, the times that I saw Winnicott last year, I mean, she really I thought dictated a lot of what the what they did uh, all over the field. So that's. Um, that's a huge player to try to have to have to replace. Um, but their numbers, you know, the number of kids that they've got coming back with, you know, I, at least the experience of being on the sideline for that game, um, you know, I think is probably a big thing for, for Winnicott. Yeah. And, and winning is definitely a habit. Um, and I think, you know, both of those programs, Winnicott and Dover definitely are in the, are in the habit of winning. So, um, hopefully the returning starters there will will be able to step in and, and can hold the field together with the absence of, of Abby, that big piece. But um, I think she's got seven seven returning starters, so hopefully you know, that, that's enough to hold the field and, and help mold whoever steps into those that role. You know, and, and one of those starters being um, Amber Morgado, who started in goal for them as a, uh, a freshman last year. So, you know, for a freshman to get that kind of experience, that's huge to have returning. Um, and then another another name, um, you know, as a returner to kind of keep an eye on, I, I would say is uh, is Jen Frost. Uh, I, I feel like last year, Winnicott had a lot of games that came down to the final moments. And uh, and if I'm remembering correctly, she was a player that, that oftentimes was the one, you know, getting those game-winning goals, whether it be at the end of regulation or tying it at the end of regulation to force overtime or an, uh, getting an overtime winner. So, um, again, a, a great experience to have back. Um, and, and like you said, seven total returners, uh, returning starters, and, and another uh, half dozen overall. Um, so really a nice uh, – while some of – like you said, some of the big names um, that got a lot of the attention last year are gone, but they've got – um, quite a bit returning to, to keep them keep Winnicott at the top of the division. Yeah, and and I think it's I, I'm excited to see what D1 does because I think there's a lot of like looking up and down the division. I think there's going to be I anticipate a little bit more parity throughout the throughout the division. Um, I think Bedford and BG are going to return pretty strong. Uh, Wyndham is definitely going to return strong. You know, I saw them this summer in a couple scrimmages, and them you know still having. Uh, Manchester and Ponzini on their field um, is a huge, huge benefit for them. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to get it's tough to get through their midfield um, with those two there. So, um, and I think you know they didn't they didn't graduate too many. I think only three they, three seniors from Wyndham graduated. They lost three seniors. Um, the other big loss for them too was that they uh, was goalie uh, Annie Mitchell transferred out uh, to Governors. Um, 
Right. So they they've you know got two uh, two goalies trying to step in a sophomore uh, Dana uh, McAller and uh, a senior Juliana uh, uh, <laughs> trying to trying to say these names here. This is the point where we tell everyone if we mispronounce your name. Uh, we do apologize and, and feel free to send us, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe a pronunciation guide. Um, that would be, that's always helpful. But Juliana uh, Vosges, um, you know, both re- both stepping in to try to take over that role uh, as the goalie. And like, yeah, you mentioned um, just some of the seniors that, that, or a couple of the seniors that, that Wyndham has returning, um, the kind of kids that it's like, you know, from my perspective, it's like, man, I feel like I've been covering this person forever. How have they not graduated yet? Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sophia Ponsini, um, uh, Ava Sanchez, Mia Gallinelli, uh, Ella Renners. I mean, they just, um, you know, I feel like these kids have been playing for Wyndham for a long time, and uh, they just look so seasoned watching them in the summer. Uh, yeah, yeah, that group. I mean, I think uh, most of those, most of them, I think pre- I'm pretty sure came in as as freshmen on varsity and have just been, you know, kind of kind of dominating women's field and have been key pieces in it, you know, since their arrival. So I would imagine they're they're going to be looking to go out with a bang um, and and wrap up their their careers at the top of the D1 standings. And you, know, you mentioned uh, Bedford and, and BG too. Uh, Bedford, of course, you know, graduated a lot from from the last couple of years of teams that have, have gotten them to the the final four two years ago, quarterfinals last year. Um, so they'll have some some holes to fill in, um, you know, as we move along. BG, um, you know, uh, one of one of four new coaches in the division there uh, as uh, Dakota Bilodeau takes over uh, for the Cardinals as the head coach. Um, you know, a couple of, of strong returners, I think, for them, and uh, the key being uh, Taylor Gabord, who, you know, really last year was a, a lot of what they did uh, went through her. Um, you know, when, whenever I saw them, it was it seemed like she was kind of controlling the pace of things for for the the Cardinals. Yeah, and they've been they've been playing a ton this summer. We've seen them all over fields all over the summer so i anticipate them being being pretty strong carly green i know has 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 stepped up her play for sure um and i i expect that she's going to be a pretty key piece for for bg's field this year uh you know the team that um that that when kind of knocked out in the semifinals needed overtime to beat um dover um you know i would expect them to be in the mix as well uh you know as a team threatening to you know be the top of the division possibly in the final four again uh you know led by uh, a senior audrey carter uh another another kid who feels like she's been around forever uh umass lowell commit uh had a really big year last year for for dover really leading the way for them um i'd expect you know uh more of the same um this year uh and, and then defensively um they've got some some nice returners there i know rylan gray uh is back for them on defense Haley tosh and goal um, you know, they've, I feel like they've been the last, you know, four or five years kind of put themselves, uh, up there as a team to a program to kind of, you, you always got to consider and always got to be ready to, to go against is there going to be a tough team? Yeah. And I think, you know, they're going to be a team with a lot of experience as well. They didn't, they didn't graduate too many. I think only three or four, four, I think graduated last yeah. year from, from Dover's lineup and they had a a ton of now now seniors um, returning um, and also a couple of freshmen. So I think that that bodes well for them in, in the long term, um, having some freshmen and sophomores that were able to you know, go that whole season, see their first championship game, and, and they can continue to build off of the strong, strong foundation they already have. You know, another another program that I feel like has been kind of in that same spot as, as Dover, you know, um, been in a couple final fours made it to a championship game a few years ago uh is, is conquered um you know they're they're consistently one of the toughest outs it feels like in the in the playoffs i know Wyndham had a a very close uh quarterfinal game with them last year uh you know a game that i think Wyndham got up early and then conquered did everything it could to come back and almost did um you know they've got a nice handful of, of returning starters returning players overall um you know with um uh, Nadia Hanna leading the way there, uh, Amy DeRochers, uh, Ali McGonigal, all kids that have been, um, you know, playing uh, on varsity for a couple of years, you know, been a uh, been a, a, 
had a role to play within that varsity, and then this year probably going to be leaned on uh, quite a bit more. Yeah, Concord's definitely not one you can count out. They always seem to be in the mix, on the fringe of, of everything, and, and like you said, with the depth they're returning, we'll still do the same. Yeah. Um, I don't know, anyone else in Division One that you're kind of looking to... to um, or anyone that we haven't mentioned that usually is is right. Oh, you know, you know who we're forgetting uh, is is uh, Pinkerton. Pinkerton yeah. has you know a, a, again another program kind of like Winnicott that um, you know was consistently you know right there every single year and then had a couple I think um, down years by their standards. Um, you know, missed the playoffs I think a couple of years ago. Uh, was able to get back in last year and and really had a a crazy uh, scoreless game with BG in the, in the first round that I, I went to overtime that BG won, ended up winning one, nothing, but a game that was really up for grabs most of the way through, you know, and looking over Pinkerton's lineup this year, I mean, again, a, a team that lost a handful of seniors, but um, returns probably at least a dozen seniors, um, you know, for this year's squad. Yeah, Ailey Carney was a big, I think is a big loss for them at the midfield. But like you said, they have a ton of rising seniors. Um, so I think they're going to be, they're going to be good depth wise there. Um, one team I'm definitely, I think, going to be watching to see what they do. Because I think they, I think there's a ton of potential there is Londonberry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just based on what I've seen, what I've seen from them this summer at the Jamboree, stuff like that. I think that they've. I think they've got a ton of potential and a great coach, so I'll be looking to see what what Londonderry does this year. Yeah, they're they're one of those programs that I I always you know I feel like um, you know with so many of their kids also playing lacrosse that that I see these names may you know a, a lot and I, again you have that feeling again of of you know how are these kids still around? But um, yeah, you look at, at some of their uh, returning um, and the one that jumps out to me is is Ashley Leone. I'm a, a kid who's um, I feel like been on a key player for both of those programs for, for a couple of years now. I believe she's committed to play lacrosse at Holy Cross. Um, so always great when you can have, you know, a couple of, of athletes like that coming back. Um, they got a couple other girls on there too, that are, are going to play uh, sports at the next level. So yeah, that, that that's another program too, that had been up at, you know, kind of um, consistently competing for that top eight, top four spots. And then the last couple of years taken a little bit of a dip. So certainly, opportunity this year to get back up there yeah and uh a shout out to taylor mckinnon uh i think i have your corner mask <laughs> so hopefully you listen to this podcast and uh i'll get your corner mask to to coach treadway <laughs> <laughs> uh oh that's you know we can we could we'll do that too anyone needs uh lost and found um <laughs> we, can, uh, we can shout that out at some point during the show as well uh, should we do that? At, maybe next time we, we'll do that at the end, so everyone has to listen the whole way through. Right, uh, I like that. What That's smart. They're missing. Uh, That's smart. You know, um, Keen was um, a team last year uh, that um, you know gave. Uh, we're you know we're talking about Winnicott and their their uh, run to the 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 final, and um, you know you mentioned they had some scores that you kind of just were like, hmm. Uh, you know, and if I remember correctly, in that in that quarterfinal game, Keene had the lead on Winnicott until late in the in the fourth quarter, and the Warriors had to score two late goals to to get a win there. So they were able; they really gave the Warriors a run for their money a year ago. Um, they did lose seven seniors, including uh, uh, four of them who are who were three year starters, and a couple that are going to on to play um, in college this year. Uh, so a lot of uh, or some big shoes to fill for the Blackbirds, but it looks like they have some some of their top players returning from a year ago as well. This you know, despite losing some. Yeah, and this will be a good year for them too. Um, I think depth wise and and kind of in, with the longevity lens on, um, only three seniors this year. Um, so you know, though they might be a, a young team coming up, I think that they have got the potential to to learn a lot and then you know, apply it in years to come. Yeah. Having, uh, what Tessa Pearson is their top scorer back, um, should be a huge help for them. And, and Trinity Williamson, who had some all state recognition last year, um, also a key returner. Um, so, you know, definitely a, a team to keep an eye on. Um, and maybe one that as the season kind of goes along, they get, uh, they get a little bit higher or 
you know, able to string some things together at the end of the year. Yes. Uh, I don't know any, uh, what about, um, you know, I know their numbers always seem to be pretty good and, and they, um, you know, they battle some teams, Nashua South, um, watching them sometimes in the summer. Um, you know, it looks like they have some pieces, uh, you know, is this maybe a, a, a group for them that, you know, do they put something together? Do you think, um, it could be, I mean, they had a really committed group working hard all summer. We, you know, same thing. I kind of ran into, ran into them and, and, you know, Kiki and Tracy and, and their coaches and, um, you know, saw them, saw them with a big group going every, you know, going everywhere. So they're definitely putting the, putting the work in and I think have their sights set on, um, on playoffs and, and, you know, getting out of the first round for sure, at least. Um, and you know, they, they've got, they've got a, they've got a group that can do it. Um, a few seniors and, and a handful of juniors, I think that, you know, might be able to lead with some experience. And then it looks like they've got some youth in uh, Keegan Dolan and Caroline Kelly um, at the, at the midfield and forward position. So hopefully those two can help put some things together as well and, and put some balls in the back of the net for them. Yeah. And another, like you see, yeah, definitely looking at, at the names here, just a, a nice balance of, of seniors, juniors, sophomores, it looks like. Uh, for South. Um, the other thing that, that stands out to me too is, is again, um, you know, multi-sport athletes, um, of course, Kiki McIntyre being the, the field hockey and the girls lacrosse coach at South, um, you know, Marin Lowell, uh, Karina O'Donnell, um, two kids that are, are also standouts for, for the, the lacrosse team. Um, you know, so definitely helps having athletes like that being able to come in and, and give you not only, you know, play on the team but to be you know starters returning in in your lineup also a huge help uh, for sure yeah uh you know we mentioned a couple new coaches uh in the division another one of those is uh at salem uh michaela ramsdell uh taken over for the blue devils and uh it, it looks like you know they were a team that that played again played some teams pretty tough i remember earlier in the year they had a scoreless tie with with bg um, you know, at times they were putting up a lot of goals, but I think, you know, as they got into some of t the tougher competition, the goals were just harder to come by and, um, you know, just losing out on, on a, a, you know, one or two goal, uh, losses here and there. Um, uh, but yeah, they've got a and, ton of players coming back. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. It looks like they're returning almost a whole field of starters, yeah. um, which, you know, that coupled with, you know, the potential for some rising players who can challenge those eight returning starters. I mean, everything, everything's pointing in a, in a great direction for Salem. So I'll be interested to see what their new coach can do with it. Yeah. And, and to have, um, I mean, the, the, the key probably to me is, um, having the goalie back as well. Um, yeah. um, Lindsay Tr Trossi, is that how you say that? I think so. That sounds <laughs> uh, good. Apologies. <laughs> apologize if it's not. Um, but you know, she was playing. Um, you know, with with uh, with Wyndham at times during the summer league that I, I attended, um, and was just outstanding uh, in a lot of games. So that's you know just a huge piece to have back. You know, to a player that can make up for you know some some uh, you know any mistakes that you might have uh, on defense. That's that's huge. Other new, uh, well, who else do we have uh, for new coaches here? How many did we say at the beginning? Did we did we say we have four? There are four, yeah, four, four, four new coaches in both D1 and D2. I think we might have been wrong. I think it might be five. <laughs> oh, jeez. We said BG, Salem. Um, another one is uh, at, at Manchester uh, Central West, uh, where uh, Abby Yerrington takes over um, – I believe an, an alum of the Central West uh, field hockey program, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, but she was a late hire, um, just still trying to get things going there uh, with the, uh, are, are they the little green blue knights or are they, we, what do we call? I, yeah, I got, I mean, yeah, the little green knights. <laughs> That's, that works. Yeah. yeah. Um, for, for lacrosse, we, since the boys program is just man is like, it's Manchester Memorial Central, but it's really like all of Manchester. We were calling them Manchester United. So, well, the the hockey, hockey boys hockey well, yes. is all three all yeah. three combined. I think they're the Kings. That's yeah. That's what the boys are as well. Right, like Queen City, but it's boys for Kings. So it makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but a, you know, a, a handful of returning players for uh, you know for Central West. Um, again, led by uh, I believe that the goalie is returning for them. Correct. I believe so. Yes. Um. So yeah, they were, and they were a team that was on the cusp of the playoffs, I believe, last year. Um, you know, so some experience there, maybe that gets them over the hump. Um, the other two programs with new coaches, you got Merrimack, uh, Kristen Peterson taking over uh, for Ann McLean, who was, the, I believe, the only head coach, or if not, she's there for for a long time uh, with the Tomahawks. Uh, and then at Nashua North, Cat uh, Simula taking over. Uh, as the head coach there, so yeah, that's five five new head coaches in Division One. Wow, yeah, it's a lot. That is a lot of that's a lot of turnover. I mean, that's yeah. what there's seventeen teams in that division. Yeah, five of 17. so a third of your coaches just turned over. Just about wow, it's a lot. <laughs> um, and then and not that's not even to speak of what Division Two and Division Three, which we counted had four each. Um, right. So in all, that's what thirteen new coaches in the state this year, which is yeah. hard to believe. Very, very, but also with my AD hat on, not at all, because hiring coaches is becoming a <laughs> becoming a necessary necessary thing too often. It's uh, it's going to be sanctioned by the NHIAA soon. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on uh, Division One before we move on to Division Two? No, I mean I think we I think we got them. Got just about all of them. All right. Um, I mean Division Two. Uh, I I think it's kind of. Um, I mean, hard. We'll obviously start with the the defending champs, um, John Stark, of course, getting there the program's first title last year, um, and, and looking at their, you know, what they've got coming back. I mean, it's hard to not go into the year and kind of tag them with that favorite label. Am I am I, yeah. am I wrong with that? Nope, nope. I don't think I don't think that's wrong of you at all. I mean, start from the start from the back of their field. I mean, Edie Edie Fisher is a is a fantastic goaltender, and um, I mean was was absolutely huge for them in in the championship game last year. So um, there, and then you move out from from that field, and you look at their their midfield and and defense with Lauren Gavon and Addie Bulldock and. The Fredettes, um, you know, that's the hard people to get by there. And then the speed up front with Kaylin Worthen and, and Haley Brisson. I mean, it's, you know, top to bottom, they're returning, they're returning a lot. And there's a lot of youth in that program as well. So I, I imagine they're going to be strong for many years to come. So they lost, uh, from you know, based off the roster in last year's program, they lost five seniors from a year ago. And they've got, uh, you know, about the same... I mean, you look at a lot of the names, a lot of the names that you just mentioned, um, you know, most of them are, are just going to be juniors this year. So, I mean, like you said, years to come, they're going to be, you know, regardless of what happens this year and who they lose, I, I think it's maybe even fair to say that they might be the favorite looking at next year too. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, hope hope we're not going too far down the road there, but um, I, I definitely would, would, it's hard not to think that when you look at how many of the kids that are contributing are, you know, juniors and sophomores and even freshmen a year ago uh yeah you had out there yeah super super strong sophomore and, and junior classes um at stark um you know it, and it's it's fun like it's fun these are the games you get that get you out of bed in the morning like i've already got that date circled on my calendar i'm not super pumped for playing it at stark but no. <laughs> it's a short commute home for me <laughs> um and of, of course, they uh, they got that win against your your Sabers there last year. Um, you got you know that was that's been it's been a, a, a run um, the last couple of years. I know I know we I think we talked about before um, you guys reached the championship game. What was that? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen, uh, twenty one, and twenty two. How you guys had gotten to, you know. Um, a certain point before that and, and just couldn't seem to get over that. And now you're, it's like, it's, it's, um, you've, you've reached another point where it's gotta be, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what the right word is, but I, you get what I'm saying? Like that frustrating. Cause that's, <laughs> that's the word I'm using. <laughs> uh, I guess that's fair. Um, <laughs> but this is going to look like maybe a bit of a different year for you guys. Right. And I'm losing 10 players to, to graduation. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, losing 10, losing 10 is a lot. But I mean, honestly, every year we lose between eight and nine. Um, or eight and I think the most I've lost in a year is 14. Um, but, you know, we're, we're so lucky in the depth that we have in the program that, um, you know, we're, we're able to reload instead of rebuild. So I think, you know, we'll, we'll work hard to, to still be at the top of the standings. We've got a really, really strong freshman class coming in. Um, I think Ori Dart is somebody that people are going to need to know the name of because I, I highly anticipate she's going to have a really great season. And then, you know, we return some, some key people as well. Uh, Sophia Miranda is going to, you know, move up the field a little bit from, from the backfield and, and kind of run midfield for us. Um, and then, uh, Ari Goulet on the left wing, um, is, is a good force for us in getting the ball back. Lily Gorlick's done some great work. So, so we're going to return a good group that will, that will help us stay, help us stay atop, atop the division and, and we'll continue to give Stark a run for their money as well as some others. Cause I mean, there are some other really strong teams in this, in this division as well. Oh uh, yes. Um, but it, it looks like, you know, you guys have a nice mix. You know, you talked about, about graduating kids every year, um, a, a good number of kids every year, but this is kind of what you need. I mean, you've got the seniors and the juniors on there, but like you said, you've got a, a freshman, a couple of freshmen, um, that could potentially step in and, and contribute, but then other, other level or other grades as well. So it's all, it's, it's a, a nice balance kind of depth wise to be able to just kind of fill in those gaps. Yeah, for sure. We're going to need, we're going to need our, our new sophomore goalie to, <laughs> to step into some big shoes too. Losing, losing Annie is a, was a big loss, but, um, you know, Amelia is going to have to put the work in and step up and, and, you know, make sure we're solid on the back end. Um, how is that? Uh, it's got to be an interesting thing for you to watch. Um, I mean, had she, has she had any other goalie experience going into this year? Um, well, I mean, so full disclosure, she's my daughter. Um, <laughs> but um, this is something she's been wanting to do for a while. And, and as a former goalie, I really tried to talk her out of it for a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, but she... Uh, she has been really dedicated and committed and put, put a ton of work in the summer to be at the level that she needs to be at to be able to help us compete every day. So um, I'm super proud of her as a mom, but excited for her as well um, and proud of her as a coach too. So it's, it's, a, cool, it's a cool feeling. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Uh, you know, you mentioned that being some other strong teams uh, in the division, and, and of, of course, the team that you guys uh, were able to get past in the final four, Portsmouth. Um, you know, they lost, uh, you know, a, a handful of seniors, three, uh, including three that are going on to play, you know, Division One sports in college. Um, but that, I, I mean, that program has really come up the last couple of years, and I, I mean, just based on, you know, who they've got coming in and what they've got coming back, I, I would expect assume that that's one of the teams you mentioned you were thinking when you know you say there's going to be some strong programs in in the division for sure i mean there's i don't think there's any reason portsmouth isn't isn't still at the at the top you know in the top third of the division for sure um returning some returning some really strong defense in sydney moreau and sam rule um who were both um honorable mention all state players last year so i imagine that they'll They'll take the reins defensively and then be able to transition everything through their midfield and Audrey Walsh and Maggie Conklin um, to, to, you know, bring it upfield and, and keep it in the circle. You know, and, then, and then the other Final Four team from a year ago, Hollis Brookline, uh, making their first Final Four appearance in, in probably, what, like a generation, um, I think. Yeah, I think it was, it was a long time. It was yeah. over a... Over a decade, for sure. Yeah, they had, and that was a team that was led by a, a very large group of seniors. Um, so some some holes to fill on that side, um, but you do have a, a handful of, of talented returning kids. Uh, but I, I think for them, it probably starts in in goal, right? With with Ray Klein uh, coming back, um, you know, to to fill the goal there. Yeah, and she's one that's that works a ton in the off season. I know, and really puts the time in. Um, to be able to be solid for her team and 
and the other the other returning varsity players that they've got Ella Markham I know is really strong on defense um, and Megan Park too so with a with a strong defensive core if they can run that transition game quickly upfield and and you know they're going to make things tough for people as well and uh you know Sabrina Hill is a name that I think um you know anyone that also follows across will recognize she had a big year for for HB this past spring um kind of being able to step into her own a little bit um you know, despite that team having some uh, a lot of threats offensively, um, you know, so now I think she, yeah, she's a, a going to be a junior. Um, you know, with all those seniors having graduated, maybe an opportunity to kind of come into her own a little bit there. Um, you know, for for the Cavaliers. Yeah, and it's amazing, like the confidence that these multi-sport athletes gain when they see success in their other sports as well, right? I mean, Hollis had a Hollis had a great lacrosse season, so hopefully Sabrina takes that that winning vibe and, and, and carries it over to the to the fall to help lead that team back to the final four. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of teams that um, you know, I thought had pretty good years last year that um, were tough outs, I think, come playoff time. Um Look like they returned quite a good bit. I guess start with with Goffstown. Um, I would think they always seem to be, you know, uh, um, give just about everyone a, a battle um, and and are right there, um, you know, in the mix, including a couple of years ago when they were what the nine seed and went on a run to the to the finals. Um, yeah, that was that was wild. <laughs> Um, just an, a, and a nice, um, you know, looks like a nice group of returning players too. You know, I know they've they've they go through that kind of cycle um, that, you know, a lot of high school teams do where, you know, they'll have a couple of years where they've got classes rising up and then all of a sudden they got to kind of not rebuild, but, but get those kids experience. And, but this year um, I think quite a few, um, you know, returners with, uh, with Ava Jones and, and, and Sam Jerry, I think leading the way for them. Yeah. I think, I think Sam Jerry is definitely going to be a huge asset for them. Um, and I think, too, you know, in, in keeping with the teams that are returning goalies that have played at the varsity level and helped them get success, um, you know, their goalie Molly works a ton as well and, and gets better every year. We just, we played them yesterday in the Jamboree and she made she made it really tough um, in the circle. So, you know, I think Goffstown's going to be a team that even if you get through their midfield, you know, their defense and their goaltender specifically are going to give you some, give you some problems. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they were, they, you know, seeing them a little bit this summer too, um, you know, definitely gave uh, everybody, I think probably, you know, more than they could handle. Um, you know, another team I, I kind of would throw in that category. Um, I know they were, uh, you guys beat them up pretty good in the playoffs, but uh, Merrimack Valley, um, you know, returns, you know, a lot of kids, seven starters, a dozen varsity kids. Um, you know, that game, if I remember correctly, was kind of close um, until you guys pulled away late. So probably some some returners who uh, who've you know got a maybe a little bit of chip on their shoulder after uh, after a tough playoff out. Yeah, and that's a that's a fun team to coach too. You've got a lot of girls coming back who are hungry to to raise the bar on where they were last year. Um, and and yeah, like you said, seven returning starters is a great thing to have. You know, you've got the majority of your field already ready to go, and then the rest of your roster, you know, almost rounded out, assuming you know everybody came back in shape and and playing the way you need them to play. So I think I think Merrimack Valley will definitely still be in the mix. Yeah, the one the note that kind of stands out for me because you know I. I when I send out, you know, emails looking for, for preview info, you get little tidbits as well. Um, and the note that, um, Jen, Jen Colgan put in here, uh, is that for the first time in a few years, they don't have any freshmen on varsity. And you could look at that, I think one of two ways. Um, one is what they don't have any, you know, outstanding freshmen that are, are, you know, how are, what does that mean for the future? But then I think the way I'm looking at that is though, is that they have so much depth in the top three classes that they don't need to have any freshmen come up and play varsity. Yeah, exactly. And that experience with, you know, the, the good and the bad times is, is dangerous. Um, they know what it takes to win and, and are, are probably very hungry to do it. Um, I don't know who's another team that um, you're kind of you've kind of got your eye on for this year. 
Oyster River, if I'm <laughs> if I'm being honest. I'm curious. I know they did not lose very many. Uh-huh. Um, just, and, yeah. yeah, and I think, it's interesting, like, Division Two. I feel like, is a little bit more, more spread out all over the state. So, you know, we don't get to necessarily see them in the summer as much. So knowing they didn't lose any, but also knowing that they've been working all summer and not being able to see it has me a little curious for... <laughs> For what they're gonna, what they're gonna put out there. So, well, you, um, you guys don't have to wait very long to to find that out. If I'm not that's mistaken. right, first game of the year, uh, they're coming to your place. If I'm, if I got yeah, right. for their first home game, we open at Lab on the road, but um, I think they're coming to us shortly after. So, okay, um, so yeah, my questions will be answered soon. <laughs> um, yeah, like we said, just just three seniors that graduated. You know, they had a, a handful of freshmen play in varsity last year. Um, you know, cap couple of captains or, or uh, Captain Olivia Anderson is back for them. Um, you know, Sadie McLeod and Rose Goldsmith as well. I think those are probably your um, you know players to keep an eye on there. Um, and I'm assuming you know what it actually doesn't say here, but uh, the goalie back for them as well. Do you know? Um, I I I believe so. Um. Yeah, I believe so. If I remember correctly, I, I think that their goalie was an underclassman last yeah. year. But uh, Brooke Emmond, uh, yeah, was the goalie last year. Said she was uh, uh, should be a junior. So um, yeah, that should be an, a fun, uh, an interesting uh, kind of early game. You know, I might have to put that one on my calendar for for that for All right. two weeks from Tuesday. Two weeks? No, one week from Tuesday. See, oh boy, this summer it's just going by too fast. I. Can't, can't even get my too fast. Right. Um, you know, and another team I think that maybe um, uh, you know, has been under or you know hasn't been as tough uh, the last couple of years. Maybe fly under the radar a little bit. Pelham, I think. Um, you know, they've got a nice number of of players returning. Um, you know, they've now got um, I believe. Their coach Stephanie Day. Uh, this is her second year, if I'm not mistaken, as the head coach. Yep. So they've got a little bit more, you know, continuity there. Um, you know, and that's a program that that's had su- some success over the years. Uh, so yeah, and they're returning returning nine starters too is going to be huge for them. Um, and I, at the end of the season, we saw them on their senior night, um, and they gave they made it really tough. They gave us that was a that was a really really strong game played by them. Um, Jesse Bevins is, you know, someone I would definitely watch out for. Sarah Bellarossi as well. Um, Jordan Robido, um, and Molly Coakley, I think are the, are the names, the names I remember from that game being, being the biggest challenges for us to get, get through. You know, um, and then I guess two other teams that have new coaches that I would, uh, also, uh, keep an eye on the first would be uh, uh, Bo, where uh, Sarah Vaughn is is stepping in as the new head coach there. Um, you know they've got only two uh, returning seniors, and uh, and Maya Kimball and Sabrina Bernard. Uh, Kimball's a, uh, a Stonehill uh, field hockey commit, uh, so certainly a strong play player to have back. Um, you know, but they they again seem like they've got a good mix of of maybe some upper and, and underclassmen. Uh, coming in, including a total of, of 10 freshmen uh, in the program. Yeah, which is, which is huge. I mean, one of the, one of the big topics of discussion um, between coaches and ADs and, you know, everybody else has been um, the, the lack of, of JV teams and, and, and how programs numbers seem to be dwindling and have been dwindling over the last few years so it's it's great to hear that 10 freshmen coming into that program in bow um, will hopefully bode well for their future success and you know the ability for other teams to be able to develop their players as well and get and get their gb kids uh, as much playing time as possible and then uh and then dairy field um you know they lost uh they had a, a really nice year last year where they felt like they came on really strong at the end of the season um, lost seven seniors from that group and a coaching change there as well as Kathleen Bulk comes in as the, the new head coach. Um, but, but a couple of key players for them returning, um, you know, Kennedy Overhoff, um, and then the, in goal, Jess Avalon to, um, you know, players that whenever I saw them, um, last year, just really stood out 
uh, at, at yeah, all Ken- time. Kennedy is such a strong, such a strong field player. Um, her presence is known no matter where she is on the field. Um, she can she can almost single-handedly take control of a game um, for her team, and I expect that, especially early on in the season, she'll she'll do that. Um, and then you know, Coach Katie Bulk is is a is a fantastic coach, so I'm sure um, she'll be working hard this preseason to put all the pieces in place. But I think I think Dairyfield Dairyfield will will have the stuff, and I I expect them to kind of be a playoff team. Um, or definitely at least in that playoff conversation. And Hanover also with a new coach, uh, Mallory McKenzie taking over that program. Um, but I'm, you know, you, you talked about Oyster River being, a, 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 you know, good ways away, not really knowing much. Hanover, I feel like in every sport, I'm always kind of going in with, with a blindfold on. I just never know too much about them uh, in any sport, I feel like. Yeah, and I, I really don't know a whole, a whole ton about them coming into the fall either um you know with with coach essex leaving uh you know she was a she was a great a great uh coach friend and uh and and someone i had a lot of communication with and and contact with so um you know not really having that that preseason person to kind of bounce things off of and, and know what she's got going on is tough um and and I do know that they lost some they lost some big pieces. Sure. Um, yeah, namely, it looks like. yeah, namely their goalie. Um, Ryan Rothman really kept them in in a lot of games. Um, so I think that is going to be a really big hole to fill there. Um, but it looks like they had uh, another goalie kind of waiting in the wings, or you know, potentially would play out when when not needed in net, which you know can also be a, a big asset there. So. Um, I think Sadie Higgins is probably was a big loss for them as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also think that they have some, they have enough pieces returning. Um, they had a big sophomore class, if I remember correctly, last year. Um, so those sophomores becoming juniors this year have hopefully had the opportunity to to get some extra extra time in, and and will help will help the the Bears now. You know, the Bears now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Hanover. I had to check yeah. myself because I almost. Went with the old one, but I've, yeah, I've, yeah, definitely done that at times myself. Uh, typing, yep. typing stuff up. Uh, anybody yeah, else? Um, oh, sorry. Good. Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna go. I was gonna feed off you. Like speaking of people that are always out there that nobody ever knows anything about, Kenneth. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, yeah, Kenneth being the the furthest team for sure um, in D two. Um, it's always tough to to know what they're what they're bringing to the table. Um, you know, obviously they're not swinging down here to play in too many Southern, Southern leagues, but, um, I do know from last year, they're returning some, some key players too. Um, the, the biggest name that jumps out for me is Ali Hussey. Um, I think that a lot of their field, a lot of their play is probably gonna, gonna run through her. And they have a returning goalie as well, Madison Walcott. So, um, so yeah, the Eagles always seem to be in the mix. They're yeah, they're always right there. Um, yeah. Anybody else um, in the division that kind of, you know, you're you're keeping an eye on, or or any anyone else that we we uh, we yeah, we didn't talk about? Hmm. I'll be curious. Conval, I'm curious to see. I think that they, you know. Coach Shirk has had a, a few years now where she's been building the core of that team. So um, I think that they're going to come back, you know, stronger than they have been maybe in recent years. Um, and then Sanborn is another team with a new coach. So, you know, Vicky, Vicky Parity Gray, the, the queen, <laughs> um, <laughs> retiring after a, after a, a very long career. Um, so I'll be, I'll be curious to see what Sanborn looks like without, without Vicky running the show. Changes everywhere. It feels like yeah, uh, everywhere. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's going to about wrap us up for this week. Unless you had any other any other final thoughts to uh, to throw out there. Uh, I think we. <sighs> no, uh, I'm just I'm really excited to see some games. I think we we've given uh, given the people plenty to to process and to chew on for the next uh, next week as they get uh, they get into uh, Fridays Friday and Saturdays opening action. Um, yeah, yeah. Games, games getting underway. Uh, the, you know, I will say, um, 
I'm not sure entirely sure what my schedule looks like for the weekend yet, but uh, one game that I do uh, I will have an eye on for a couple of reasons um, is the uh, the D2 opener in Goffstown, uh, Dairy Field at Goffstown. 7.30 start for that game. No, that's not a typo. Uh, Goffstown has a new field with lights, with turf. Uh, I haven't been over there to see it yet, but the pictures that I've seen uh, are incredible. Um, it looks fantastic. And uh, I'm sure that uh, uh, Coach Huff is very excited, uh, or I should say A.D. Huff is very excited to, uh, to take pictures of me walking around the turf. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> I'll have to get him to send me some so we can use them for for future promos. Hey, you know what? As long as as long as my picture's not hanging on the wall and says "Don't let this guy in," I'm that's fine, whatever. <laughs> that's fair. Yep. <laughs> All right. Any any last thoughts before we uh, we say goodbye for week one? No. Super excited that we're doing this again. Really hope that people are people are enjoying it as well. She is Kelly Braley, Sauhegan AD and field hockey coach. I'm Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week.